What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Baker Hughes, the stock is up by about 3%, reporting very solid numbers. Uh, now it has two main areas of business here. One is oil field services and then industrial and energy technology. So think of it more like you get oil and gas, traditional drilling, and then you get more LNG export facilities, for example. Joining us now is the CEO, uh, Lorenzo Simonelli. Uh, Lorenzo, thank you for your patience. Thank you so much uh, for being here as well. Very strong numbers, growth strong on both sections. Let's just take one at a time. Let's go to oil fill services for a moment. The overhang is M&A. Everyone seems to be getting together. Does that mean more or less business for you? Alex, good to be with you. And yes, coming off some uh, very strong third quarter results. And really, as we said at the beginning of the year, we're seeing tailwind across both of our business segments. And we think that that's a multi-year tailwind. To your question around consolidation, obviously the Exxon announcement, the Chevron announcement. As we look at prior consolidations, we think it's an opportunity for Baker Hughes. Again, we're one of the large players in oilfield services and equipment, and we have extensive relationships and partnerships with these large companies. So as we look to the future, we think that there'll be uh, growing opportunities on the oilfield services, and consolidation is an opportunity as we go forward. Lorenzo, good morning. It's Guy. What sort of oil fields are you going to be servicing? One of the big takeaways, certainly of the deals we've seen over the last few days, is that offshore seems to be back in a big way. Is that the direction of travel? And are you going to make more money off that move necessarily versus what we're seeing, seeing in the oil patch, in the shale patch? Guy, it's going to be a mixture of both onshore, offshore, and really international activity is where we see the uh, growing opportunity. And as we look at next year, uh, coming off of this year where international has grown mid-teens, we see double-digit growth for next year as well. And we see that ongoing as you look at the national oil companies as well as the large international mm -hmm. companies. Uh, Middle East, what you're seeing in Guyana, what you're seeing in uh, Brazil, but then also in Africa with the new opportunities. So uh, we're more present on the international side. So we're keenly yep. focused there and we're also more on the production side. So uh, we think that's uh, more stable as we go forward. So Lorenzo, I'm, I'm talking about costs and your pricing power in those areas right now. Look, we see it as a constructive uh, environment, and uh, again, we make sure that uh, we work closely with our customers, and we make sure that uh, we're delivering value on the components and the services that we provide. It's constructive, and we see that continuing as we go forward. Are you worried? You, you talk about the international story. You, you mentioned the Middle East. How are you thinking about the geopolitical situation as it develops there? What are you doing with your people? What contingency are you putting in place? Do you think that could end up being a material impact in terms of the next set of numbers we see from you? Clearly, the situation is tragic, and uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, we look to the safety of our employees, and also uh, we condemn any violence of uh, any kind. And uh, really, our heart goes out to everybody that's impacted. 
At the moment, uh, again, from an activity level, uh, we haven't seen major disruption and we're monitoring the situation. I think uh, everybody hopes that uh, there won't be mm -hmm. further escalation and uh, that uh, we're monitoring the situation as we go forward. Um, let's move to the other part of the business, um, which is more exposed to sort of longer term trends, right? Industrial and energy technologies. Lorenzo, the numbers you're putting up for this are humongous. I mean, you're looking at a booking about 80 million tons per year of LNG orders just this year. You're boosting your order and your backlog. I mean, these are huge numbers. Is this purely an LNG export story? Really, it's the uh, story that we've been saying for some time, that uh, natural gas is a key element to the energy transition and going to be a key aspect of providing energy, not just as a transition, but a destination. And LNG plays an important role. We came out um, previously saying that we anticipated there needs to be 800 MTPA of capacity installed by 2030, mm -hmm. and we're seeing that come to fruition. Again, you mentioned the ATM TPA that uh, we're taking inbound of orders this year. We still see 65 MTPA of FIDs for 2024. Wow. And as we go into 25 and 26, 30 to 60 MTPA. And um, we are obviously a key player in the liquefaction yep. area, providing the turbines, the compressors, and uh, we continue to feel that it's an opportunity going forward. Um, Lorenzo, maybe an unfair question, but is this all Venture Global? So Venture Global is building out LNG export facilities with super low cash costs, uh, in part because of your ability to build out modular facilities in Florence and then ship them uh, to the US. Is this a pure Venture Global thing? No, I wouldn't say it's a pure Venture Global. Clearly, Venture Global is a large contributor to what is being done in the United States, but you also have other players such as uh, Chenier, you also have um, Next Decade, uh, you have a number of projects as you look at also Port Arthur. So it's across the board in the United States an opportunity to provide LNG to the world and there's a number of opportunities still to come. Also internationally, uh, you may have seen in the third quarter, we booked uh, the Adnoc Gas Ruiz LNG. Yep. And that's uh, again with a right. new electric motor and one of the first LNGs that's yep. uh, fully electrified. Lorenzo, I'm looking at a lot of kit being built very fast. Is there a danger that the market may get to the point fairly soon, maybe 2025, that we are oversupplied in the LNG space? What happens then if that's so. the case? Yeah. We don't think so. And the reason is, as you look at the opportunity to continue to displace coal, you look at where the energy demand is and China, India, LNG yep. is a natural substitution. And as you look at uh, the United States and Europe, one of the key ways in which they've lowered their greenhouse gas emissions has been by transitioning from coal yep. to gas. And we see that same opportunity as we go forward for other developing countries okay. and where the consumption of energy is. Lorenzo, just to jump in, we are seeing Europe really struggling with the energy transition. You look at what is happening today with Siemens Energy going to the government for support to support its business, to be able to do deals not only in, in wind turbines but, but across its business range. Do you think that the energy transition is going to take longer and does that mean the gas sticks around for longer? 
We actually mentioned it in um, our announcement today that uh, we do think that uh, there's a realization on the complexity of the energy transition. The end destination is the same. It is going to take longer, but it's also going to take all fuel sources. And that means that you're going to have renewables, you're going to have the continued use of uh, natural gas, you're going to continue to use oil, and it's going to require all of the fuel sources. And the important element here is how do you make the fuel sources lower carbon content and move towards a lower carbon economy. Lorenzo, thank you so much. It is so wonderful to see you. Uh, Lorenzo Simonelli of Baker Hughes. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.